Welcome, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the How for Her Human Expansion Realized podcast. These podcasts are the creative artistry inspired by our weekly Gather for Her conversations that take place in real time. They are the culmination of co-created and harvested wisdom that is palpable during these gatherings around our virtual fire. Our hope is that in a practice of deep listening with us here, you will feel our hands at your back in the journey of realizing your own personal expansion, leaving each listening experience with a spark that ignites your how. This week, our hosts catch up with Nadine Bernard, celebrated as the first Indigenous woman to be chosen as a Provincial Liberal Party candidate in Nova Scotia. In the first of two conversations, she talks with us about activating seven-generation thinking to walk bravely. I was super excited about the conversation, of course, because this was going to be a conversation about, about political leadership and walking bravely in political leadership. And uh, the reason that Nadine was connected to us here is because of our beautiful soul sister, Amanda, who um, is working closely with Nadine. And, um, and it was, I was also super excited because it's one of my favorite provinces. I mean, I love BC, of course, but uh, I have done plenty of work in Nova Scotia and particularly in the area where um, Nadine is a candidate. I, I love Nova Scotia and love that area. It's absolutely beautiful. And one of the things that came up for um, us in our preparation, um, particularly speaking to Nadine and Amanda, was um, her lens of seventh generational thinking when it comes to political leadership. And you've certainly heard me speak a lot about that and the importance of that kind of decision making in um, in our political leaders and the co-created reality and co-created nature of the relationship between political leadership and informed and engaged and brave citizenship. So it's not just about having high expectations of our political leaders. It's also having high expectations of ourselves as as a um, um, in that co-generative relationship. I would love to have a conversation to, uh, the, between the three of us around political leadership and um, the difference between uh, some of our traditional ideas about politics and leadership. And I know I have certainly been thinking a lot about that. I wrote a piece recently that I haven't done anything with, but thinking about um, the importance of focusing on seventh generational thinking and, and focusing on serving seventh generation, set that seventh generation versus focusing on pleasing voters, which is that immediate gratification that, that, that we all want. And how do we hold, hold the complexity of both and, right? We, um, as, as, as citizens, how do we engage in that kind of thinking so that we're calling our political leadership to a higher, higher decision making and, um, and, and, Instead of just having that lens of, again, voter pleasing, saying what people want to hear, instead of wrestling, wrestling with complexity. So I'm, I'm curious, Shark, because you and I both have uh, the experience of, of political leadership. 
um, what when you think about that about that seventh generational thinking what are some of the like what are some of the messages that come up for 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 you and uh, what when you think about calling political leaders higher how how do, how do we do that as as citizens well like I think it's being modeled for us right now. I think, I think that we are seeing, we, we had a bit of a conversation with, with Catherine Pollock about this um, recently. And I, I said, um, how does it feel to be walking into a political arena at, at a federal level when there are really amazing leaders, conscious leaders, in my opinion, that are exiting politics right now? How does that make you feel? And it, you know, it's an honest question. And she said, you know, you bravely walk onto the path that you know has been opened up a little bit more because of the women who have gone before you. And you don't run from it because that's not serving them or that's not serving the leaders that have come before you and it's certainly not serving the the women that and the young girls coming up after you so i i just i i follow the the some of the breadcrumbs of the conversations with you know amazing women like jessica hill and sonia first to know and and uh, not on Gather, but in numerous powerhouse events, Melanie Mark, and um, and now Nadine. Um, when, as I I find hope that the women I see running are, um, I I find hope that they regard themselves as change makers change makers for their families and the communities and the planet. And they, they're there as change makers. They identify as change makers. And um, yeah, I, I think that's where I'd love to start. And all of these women are carrying with them, whether they are the color of their skin <laughs> is, you know, regardless of the color of their skin, I believe that they are trying to bring in conscious values of um you know that i i see some unity and i i find it fascinating because um politics hasn't caught up to the change makers that's that's my play on it right we're we're in a system where politics hasn't caught up to the people that are actually running yeah that that's a good point because traditionally um politics has been adversarial it has been very much about um, uh, people pleasing. It's been self-protective by, by nature. Um, it's transactional. So all, all of the things that uh, it's, it's, you know, it's also about staying on message, right? Staying on message and staying on track instead of wrestling with complexity and complex issues. Um, instead of being that that vulnerability, the willingness to be to be wrong and to work towards getting it right, um, 
the vulnerability of being able to apologize and and to say I, I'm sorry we we messed up what can we do to do things differently and this is um, it's it, it it traditionally has not been um, uh, uh, welcomed in politics and and it's and it's changing like you said when when we're talking about change makers we're talking about change makers at the very foundational level like foundation in terms of the entire system the system has been built in an adversarial environment tina i'm curious about your thoughts about that as as an observer like you know mm. Mm -hmm. so i went back to calling our politicians up, right? Like I, that's where I went. Um, and I drew this circle with three segments in it. Because I was thinking, I was thinking back to, to Catherine's conversation and the, the visual of putting a kitchen table, right? In the middle of, right, the house. And, uh, and I, and what happens there and, and I was also sitting with um, knowing that that the entire world is going through an up level right now. Yeah. And so our politicians are, which really, if we take the label of politician off and we keep the label of standing for, right? Just like the human being standing for, it shifts our our story about what a politician is. So I drew this circle with three sections and the first section is drive, like a leader drives, right? We we, we elect a leader because we they're a change maker, back to Shar's languaging, they're a change maker, they are catalysts, they, are, they move something forward. And then I thought the the other piece is, is quadrant is listening and wisdom, like does this, person who's standing for this quadrant of where do they listen? Where do they, who's their counsel? Where, how do they wisdom? How do they do that? And then the third piece, and this is my most, my most uh, hopeful place as a citizen in Canada is I'm so hopeful when, when I see indigenous leaders leading our country, because this third quadrant is what, what I've experienced in powerhouse and I'm learning about about our in, our indigenous way is this ability to root and to hold and to simply stop the show and just hold and wait until the whatever the thing is tells us what to do creator and um so when i think about up leveling um and holding our politicians to this new level it's it's these three quadrants and i'm i'm so excited that nadine is on the ballot yay nadine i can't wait to learn from you oh that is tina that's so beautiful and um it it reminds me of the fact that you know um indigenous people are the original systems thinkers mm. so they can they they understand interconnectedness right between land and water and air but also past mm -hmm. and present right so that when you invite all of those elements into the room 
in your decision making, mm. there is a wisdom that's invited. So I love that term wisdom counsel, right? And that that you're and, and circle leadership, right? That you're inviting all of that wisdom into the room. And that's the lens through which you make decisions like that. You're right. That makes me hopeful. And I know in my own work, I've never been able to use that language until now. I would say the last year and a half that when when I work with a group, I'm able to use that kind of language. Invite in the land. Invite in the air. Invite the water to the room. Invite your grandchildren's grandchildren. Invite your ancestors. Wow. Right? We often talk about what does it mean to be a good ancestor? And one of the questions, actually, I asked this last week to a group. I said, someday you are going to be the ancestor. How do you want to be remembered in your decision making? And that includes, so that's not only change makers. For all of those who are listening, the challenge is how will you be remembered also as a as a citizen and as a voter are you going to vote for somebody who just says whatever you want them to 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 say that's going to keep you safe that's going to keep you in certainty right but or are you willing to also in your voting and in your conversations invite everything to your wisdom circle in your decision making <sighs> Mm -hmm. I find it interesting and I'm, I'm curious, you know, the people that are here with us this morning, inviting everyone who is live in, uh, into the conversation this morning. Um, one thing that I've noticed in, in politics, in, in decision making is leaders who run on, on issues only, they run because there's a certain issue there they tend to for me to be fizzling out and now there's more focus on the values that the leaders stand for and that they are embodying and in fact if they don't come to the party already in embodying those values where they can turn and point to point to the evidence the lived evidence of the values that they say they embody. So, you know, there, there's pieces there that I find really, really grounding, like actually really, like really grounding because in the past I witnessed political leaders who would run strictly based on an issue. And, um, and you could feel that, um, and I'm curious with the with the the folks that are you know here with us this morning, just you know by commenting in the in the chat, you know what if you if you had to say the top, you know in your mind, I'm just curious to see the list. But if you had to say the top two or three values that come up for you in this new genesis and this reimagination of the type of leaders and change makers that we want making decisions for our communities, what are the top two or three values? Like what are our filters that we're, um, that we're using 
as good citizens um, because I think that it's up to us to do the calling. It's up to us. It will change as, as we as we change it. I want to pass to Christina around Brenda's Brenda's leaning into this um, the drive conversation, which I think goes a little bit to what you're talking about too, Shar, and driving structural change of the political arena. And then she says, architecture of leadership and governance, <clears throat> designing for the future of the human habitat. And where that takes you, Christina, around the tangibles of these values that that Shar is bringing forward. Hmm. I, I can't actually see the chat. Can you say oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. more about sure. it? So the architecture of leadership and governance, designing for the future of the human habitat. There's something mm. very tangible that Brenda's pointing to, and and because that's like that's your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. You step in the room and and bring the intangible into tangible, or invite intangible into the tangible, so that it's energetically sound. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to. Like, what, what are you noticing around this? What would you offer here? Well, and this comes back to actually what I said earlier about n noticing a, um, like a, a hunger to like wrestle with complexity and to simplify the, the well, to make simple the, um, the complexity without simplifying it. So um, looking for what are the, those tangible, yay, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> I'm happy okay. dancing. It's okay, we get you twice now, because we'll put oh you again. Exactly, <laughs> and you kind of rescued me from a question that I actually need to chew on, so it's all good. <laughs> Like, I'm like, I'm not sure exactly how I want to answer that question right now. <laughs> so, so we're grateful that you're here. Welcome, Nadine. <laughs> oh, what a morning. Just technology was not my friend today. So pleased that you're here. And we want to give you an opportunity to, to share a bit about yourself and your journey. And what does it mean to you to walk bravely as a... Um, as a, as a political leadership leader at this at this time, walking towards political leadership, walking as an artist of impact, and um, and why 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 now? Um, I think well to to answer the first part of the question that you had asked um, is somebody has to take the first step to move forward. Um, any new path um, is is always somebody making the, the marking the ground and and you know getting through the barriers of the trees and the bushes and all those things that you know um, kind of slow you down or could intimidate you to not go further. So um, and and now is the time. I think that uh, um, you know the conversations that have been happening over the last few years, especially in the last ten, I would say. Uh, you know, when the Truth and Reconciliation report had come out and, and that the conversations started to happen and that 
courage and bravery and humility and speaking your truth and being honest about the 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 dark truths and 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 the hidden truths of this country so when you you know coming into politics and you want to be in a in an arena that um wasn't designed to um you know be completely inclusive of indigenous people i think it's uh it's an important um step to do because lots of people are watching there's other women watching there's children watching grandchildren watching and great-grandchildren watching and that's how you can make those impacts you know that go seven generations moving forward because you have all these eyes looking behind you but these are the eyes that are going to be the next one that are who are going to lead and continue making these new paths and uh, and go further oh that's so beautiful i i i love that that you are entering an arena that historically has not been <laughs> has not um, has not been designed to be inclusive, right? And that that is that is as a change maker, that is part of what you're called to do is to design that path. Um, and like you said, you're working through, you're you're kind of forging a new path through through the forest, and that really does mean walking, walking bravely. Tell us a little bit more about um, what what that experience has been like, and what's what's present in your life right now. It's um, it's a little intimidating. It's um... It's, uh, it feels like climbing an icy mountain sometimes. I get to a spot where I feel like I have uh, gotten to a point where I felt like I have progress and then something will happen to push me back. And that's, um, you know, maybe not buy-in from our own community sometimes and, you know, within our own Indigenous communities, feeling like, why is it you? Why should it be you? And so, you know, pulling me back um, or that I, I don't understand um, you know, how the whole system works and, and being the, the lone person, right? Being an Indigenous uh, candidate within this space and feeling really lonely um, mm. and, and feeling like I don't fit in completely to spaces and conversations. And so when these really difficult things happen, such as the, the findings across this country of over 2000 um, unmarked graves of children in residential schools, and as a residential school survivor's descendant, generational descendant, um, you know, no one's asking, no one's reassuring and, and no one's, um, you know, bringing that conversation to the forefront. So uh, things that are important in my community and my people aren't as important um, or at the forefront for a lot of other people. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I think it's something really interesting that you said around feeling alone at, at, at the table, right? And, and so part of the challenge is to surround yourself with the um, with the support that you need so that you know you're not alone. Because we've actually heard a lot of folks say that who've been, you know, we heard from Melanie Mark, we've heard from other politicians that have said it is, it's lonely. It feels like you're alone at the table. How do we make sure that we either create a new table or that those people that we're sending to the table um, are, are not alone? Exactly. Just because they open a door and let you into the party doesn't mean that, you know, you're, they actually want you at the party. And so, um, 
you know, being lonely is not that I don't want to be engaged or that I'm disengaged from the conversation or the group. It's that um, is feeling safe and, and feeling welcomed and that the, the, the conversations and, and what you're bringing to it is, is going to be welcomed. And so um, it's not that I'm afraid even to be here either. I, I appreciate it and I, you know, I value relationships and I value conversation. So I, I think that, uh, be, you know, at least I'm in the door um, and, uh, you know, being open to having those conversations with people, um, you know, moving forward. Mm, beautiful. I have a dream that we will have a, a Canadian ecosystem of Indigenous women in political positions, regardless of party, regardless of, of level of government, that are that actually demonstrate and model um, what is possible when you bring Indigenous value to government beyond parties, beyond levels of government, beyond uh, geographical boundaries. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, Nadine, there are definitely some um, supporters on this call from across the country. I know tomorrow I'm sitting in on an ecosystem of Indigenous women for entrepreneurs. And I wonder what message you might like want us to take with us, like to feel hands at, hands at your back right now. Um, in this journey that you're walking forward with like what would you have us know how can we how can we support you as we reach out you know to perhaps voters in your ride perhaps beyond that like i'm super curious what what's the message that we can take and help you to amplify um i would say that either to, to continue doing what you're doing, enter spaces that are intimidating, um, be at tables and conversations where uh, even if you feel like you, you can't contribute, contribute anyway. As an, as an Indigenous person in this country, uh, who we are and, and, and uh, you know, Elder Albert Marshall and the late Regina Marshall had pegged the term too wide seeing. So that we, as an Indigenous person, we see it from this perspective and this from a, a non-Indigenous perspective. And how, how do we see the same path and, and the same ending? Um, so I would ask, uh, you know, all the women on the call is to, um, you know, create a space for other people to follow um, and and be driven by the, the strong, um, you know, Indigenous principles of values of respect and truth and honesty and wisdom, humility, um, all those things and, and, and not compromise uh, because women and, and those following us need to be able to see that as an example and a person of, of no compromise. When I identify myself I and how I tell my children to identify themselves too is always say who you are first. You are Mi'kmaq first, you are Canadian second, and you are Nova Scotian third. We are older in this country. And next, I am in within this country, and thirdly, I'm within this province. So if you can do those three introductions of yourself proudly and with no shame, because we shouldn't be ashamed of who we are as a people in this country, even though history has done everything possible 
to oppress us and make us feel ashamed to identify who we are first. So I would say to the people in the room, I, make sure that you know who you are first and your identification is strongly rooted in where you come from. Oh, that's so beautiful. Because shame shuts down conversations, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It shuts down conversations. It leads to people in, in fear and disappearing and trauma. And when people are in tr trauma and shame, then they just disappear from the conversation and those voices aren't heard. That's, um, that's, so, that's so powerful. Thank you for that. Tina, I'm curious about what's what's coming up for you. I know we only have a couple more minutes and I'm kind of I'm I'm obviously hoping that we're going to have another conversation with you Nadine and I there's cuz there's some real things I'd love to dig into. But uh I'm curious as to what uh well, you know, like selfishly, I am captivated and I'm like I need to write an article about you. Um we are older than this country that that's what I'm leaving with. Like for me, I am going to like that will walk with me all week. Um, that would make that makes me check your ballot. We are older than this country. <laughs> this is where we follow. This is where we go. Thank you. That's like, and I'm that to me, if, 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 when we do this again, that's where I want to dive in is leadership from that place. And thank you for saying that. Thank you. Thank you again for being very patient as you have tried to get on a couple times and uh, and finally arrived. And we're just going to trust that um, the next conversation is we're going to be able to we're going to have more time to really dig in with you around that um wisdom the wisdom council and the um that seventh generational thinking and your your commitment to that in your in your political leadership so i'm i'm very um very much looking forward to the for to the conversation and the bravery that you've brought and and charlene actually touched on part of the bravery part of the bravery is is asking for help. I need help. I need volunteers. I need I need funds. Right. Um, those are the kind of tangible things that sometimes we can shrink away from, and yet those are very real ways that people can provide support, and um, that that actually can. That's how people can be practical hands at at your back when it comes to. Uh, providing that providing the support for the change makers if we want to um, if we want to forge that path we've got to do it in tangible and intangible ways and just a reminder to hold ask continue to ask yourself what is walking bravely in leadership and um, and I think of leadership as as artistry right the artistry of leadership. Um, what does it mean to to you and and deepen your understanding of of that? So thank you all for uh, for being here and thank you so much, Nadine. Thank you. As always, we are so grateful for your deep listening with us. We want you to know that there is a community here that you may not know about yet. We gather virtually every Wednesday morning at eight am. Pacific time for these live conversations, and we call it Gather for Her. This is the place where we begin to weave our individuality together, 
to remove silos and place our hands at each other's backs for activated, intentional action towards a world we all want for 2030, where we prepare for a better world. When you're ready, we're here. Find us at powerhouse.com and get social with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. If it feels right, you can support this inspired wisdom through Patreon at patreon.com powerhouse. Until next time, keep listening and know we're always here, ready to gather with you.